0: Hey everybody, Uh, welcome back. It is currently, what is it, 7.48 p.m. It's Thursday, and I really wanted to talk about, I wanted to actually title this, um, how much of a, how much percent of a Christian are you? I got this idea, let's say, I don't know if I had it till like yesterday or something. It is freezing cold over here. Florida, by the way, is really cold lately. And I know 50 degrees is like summer to some people. But the temptation I have to jump into actual fire is just not of God. Um, yeah, I don't like this weather at all. It's very offensive, actually. But anyways, I wanted to title this, How Much of a Christian, How Much Percent of a Christian Are You? What kind of sparked this, what actually really sparked this is a few things in my life, but the first thing that I can actually think of and articulate the best was when I was in a conversation with somebody, um, a friend of mine, and we were talking about that. It was just really along, you know, Christian topics that covers so many things. There's no like standalone isolated topic that you can talk about and not, and only remain in, but it was about holiness. It was about pastors. It was about, uh, like church members, it was about this, it was about that, fasting, this, this, that, all types of things. But basically the point that the conversation, it was, it was kind of like a it wasn't an argument, but it was like it was a conversation. It was a discussion and we were just presenting our own points, but we didn't walk away the goal wasn't to agree. The goal was just to understand what the other person was saying. Um, But we didn't walk away agreeing. Um and the topic that we were talking about, I specifically remember making the point that I think that I don't think that a pastor should be more given a God more than anybody in their congregation just because they're a pastor. I think that the quality and uh, level of dedication that they give isn't isn't <laughs> reserved for pastoral roles or people in the ministry as opposed to the people in their congregation. For example, if your church is calling a twenty one day fast, I don't think that your congregation you should like people should be doing like fruits and veggies while the pastor's doing like liquid 21 day the full thing it's it's kind of wonky but you know even saying that it sounds normal like oh i don't know but they're the leader of the flock like what shouldn't they be living in a different elevated life like they should be living higher they should be living closer they should be living more dedicated to the lord and i'm jumping in today because uh I'm a little passionate about this topic if you can't tell, but you're going to tell real quick, real soon. And I, I want to disagree with that. I want to disagree. If you think like that, I'm disagreeing with you because we're not living in the Old Testament days where all we have is a Tanakh. We're not living in the days where it's the priests and just the rest of the Israelite tribe. Listen, <laughs> the veil has been torn in the temple, meaning God is accessible to any and everyone there should not be hierarchies to access the power of god that is just fixed it's like a fixed rate like a fixed position this isn't a uh, caste system in the kingdom of god where it's like uh well the pastors get the most power and then the congregation members who are the untouchables get the least just enough power to make it through and then well if you're a church staff but you're not in the ministry ministry like you're not like Oh, like, uh, like, uh, what is it called? Uh, I forget the word. You know, I do this. You know, for somebody that's been speaking English for most of her life, I really do not know this language. It's not my first language, but uh, I don't. <laughs> moving on. But you, you get what I'm saying. Like, there's not a caste system to access the power of God. But a lot of believers live like that, and I think if we really want to put it into terms like if we, i'm putting it into words but i think a lot of people have been subconsciously living like and believing like that where it's just like well the pastor got a word of course he did cuz he's the pastor or the pastor moves in the holy ghost and power and moves in the spirit of course he did of course because he's the pastor or or this pastor or this this person or this prophet is they can hear the voice of the lord clearly of course they can because they're in the ministry but i want to debunk that entire thing right now listen the bible gives commands to the believer and the only way to become a believer is to confess Jesus Christ as Lord believe that he died and rose again from the grave three days later you confess and you believe believe in your heart and confess with your mouth you're in the kingdom this is not a hard thing to do from that point on You have, you have been grafted in and adopted into the full family of God. You become a child of God when you become a Christian, right? And I hope people know that because I've heard a lot of people say, well, everybody's a child of God and that's just not the case. There's, there's a reason why adoption occurs. I mean, come on, this isn't hard. I've heard a lot of people say that every single person is a child of God. That's not true. That is not true. There's not three kingdoms. You're either the kingdom of Satan or you're the kingdom of heaven. And I know that sounds extreme as frick, but there's not a neutral kingdom here. It all belongs to the Lord. It is the Lord's. It is God's kingdom. It's his way or the highway. But there is no like like uh, like boulevard here. Like there's not like a main road and then the highway and then God's way. It's either or. Hot or cold? Do you get what I'm saying? But back to what I was saying, like you become you you become a child of God when you become a Christian. That's the whole point of adoption. By Spirit of Adoption, we cry out, Abba, Father. You that verse has a purpose. Did you know that? Um, Not that I'm yelling at you guys, but it's just the people that I've heard just say things without even taking a moment to actually consider and do the math. So that's why adoption is a thing. Once you become a Christian, you're grafted into this family. Once you're a child of someone. You inherit all that there is, and God has made available all. That's why the Bible says that His promises are yes and amen. His promises are not sometimes, His promises are not yes, no, maybe, and wait, or, you know, because some people preach like that. Sometimes He says no, and sometimes He says wait, and sometimes He says (laughs) this. I mean, and these are things, and (laughs) it's like one thing if it's like you're asking God, should I invest in a million dollar whatever? That's, that's stuff that you need specific clearance on. But people actually believe like that for basic Bible principles, like healing. Well, sometimes God says no, and sometimes God says yes. Or like, money. <laughs> sometimes God says no, or sometimes. Just the most basic thing that God has already covered that He is, long life. The, there's a Bible verse that promises long life with you have to do something first. As a lot of commandments are, you have to obey first, and then you'll get the blessing. But there's a specific Bible verse that talks. There's many, but there's a specific Bible verse that talks about it. And people, this I'm just saying, and people will like be faced with a threat, and it's just like, well, we never know. Sometimes it says yes, Sometimes we just have to be in the waiting over things that have already been finished. Finito. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it's this wonky doctrine that a lot of people also partake in in this wonky doctrine that I'm taking the time in this podcast to talk about that irks me, but I want to get it off my chest and hopefully guide and teach people out of it because what I want to get through people's head is how much you're giving to God has nothing to do with your call. It has absolutely nothing to do with what you are meant to do. You determine, you, you determine how deep you go with God. That's what you determine. You determine whether your destiny is going to come to fruition or not. Because God can already, God can speak things and will things all he wants. But the will of God is not going to be the thing that automatically happens in your life until you come in alignment with it. Why do you think that everything in this Bible is a covenant? It's a two-party system. I won't say it like that. It's a two-party agreement where one person comes in with their legal this is what i'll bring to the table like a pistis agreement right this is what i'll bring to the table what will you give to me that's what a covenant is it's a binding word it's a binding action when you give something i'll give something but you have to keep your word do you understand that's what the bible is that's what his promises is that's how god is He has all of these wonderful benefits and blessings and and promises and and rewards that you'll reap out of just obeying his commands and being faithful. It's, It's really simple. But people think it automatically happens just because God wants it to happen. And some people, I mean, some people, and just, I didn't even want to get here so fast. But just, I need to stop playing with things when I record, because the microphone picks it up. But just on the topic of salvation, I remember in ministry school, there is a, because, you know, I'm very, like I said in past episodes, I'm very passionate about the ministry. But I'm very passionate about evangelizing in souls. That is my thing, okay? Just like my Jesus. And there's this guy, I asked him a question. Shouldn't have done that, my mistake. I asked him a question, thinking that he would say something smart. I was like, you know, just about the important, I was talking about the importance of evangelizing souls and, and that just in ministry school, keep that in mind. And I told him, I was just like, if we don't go, there's so many people that'll go to hell, never hearing about Jesus, never having the chance. It's one thing. If you hear about Jesus and you go the other way, you get warned and you choose to not listen, listen, wiping my hands clean, dust off my feet. I couldn't care less. But for the people that never got the chance to even say yes or no, to make a choice. When the choice is before them, but they, they were never told. These people end up in hell. Zero chance of even making it. And when I said that, the person that, oh, dear Lord, the person that I was talking to was like, well, I don't, I don't believe God will do that. That's, I don't believe that's how God is. He's, he's kind. Like, I believe that they'll make it to heaven. You know, if people never, people had never heard the gospel. No, I don't believe they'll go to hell. That's, they never got the chance. I I believe they'll, God will, God will provide in a way and God is faithful enough. You know, just Christian lingo that, I'm telling you, if people actually took the time to think, you know, like they'd realize just the complete malarkey that comes out of their mouth. They actually believed that people would somehow, God in his infinite Whatever, just whatever word that they chose to use out of their butt crack, like whatever they chose to pull out of there, they're like, out of that, God is gonna, they're gonna make it to heaven. And so I looked at him and I was like, so what's the point? (laughs) What what's the point of the evangelist? What is the point? Why are we here? We don't have to do a single thing if God's gonna take care of it all. Why would we even bother telling anyone about the gospel? Why go? God's just going to do all the work. Why are we even here? Why don't we just, as soon as we become a Christian, just shoot on up to heaven? What's the point? If God can just tell people the gospel, wouldn't he have done that already? Like, why are we even here? It's not like he sent, like, some big messenger that, like, kick-started the whole thing and, like, told us to pick up the work like he he, it's not like he already it's not like he didn't do anything first like why are you even here like i can just take care of it all send multiple Jesuses. he didn't even have to take jesus away he could have just kept him on the earth and of course because he's risen again he's in living forever just forever preaching the gospel and we would have just just watched live stream jesus day three mil like year three thousand we're going to Cambodia, guys, Re- reaching the gospel. Hey, guys, it's me, Jesus. Like, what's the, what's the reason? He had nothing intelligent to say. On top of that, he also had nothing to say. Because it's this, like, people develop doctrine out of not thinking, which is actually insane. You would think that out of not thinking, you would the only thing you would produce is just no thoughts. But people develop literal doctrines out of not thinking for lack of knowledge my people perish they don't think they don't sit through things and critically consider anything anything and of course this is that's like a major side note where it's just like but the point I'm getting at there's it's just this I want to get people out of a specific mindset that is plaguing plaguing the church that's limiting people listen I made a point like I think I don't know if it's a podcast the last episode because I ended up taking one down <laughs> I don't know taking one down I don't know if I made that point in that episode but I was saying like you know I was just I mentioned briefly talking about like calling and all that stuff like oh by the way like yeah it was in the episode I actually took down um just a late night talk oh goodness me Where I was basically like, oh, you know, my Christian friend who went to a Christian school, she even go for ministry, which, by the way, is and I was explaining for a little bit, just briefly. I was like, by the way, just because you're in a Christian community, you're a Christian, doesn't mean that you have to go into ministry and all that stuff. If you're called, go where you're called. Do what you're called to do. And really what inspired that point is I have a friend who genuinely, I grew up with her in, in church and, um, We grew up going on mission trips together like we're both African and stuff like that so like our family members are really close and like just you know genuine quality family friends right grew up together the whole shebang and um, but she loved mission trips loves it wonderful wonderful friend love her so much she has she just had a desire to be a doctor. And you know it's like I said she's African she's actually Nigerian and you know to me when I heard that I was like you not only are you making your parents proud but you actually want to do that, that that's next level you know cuz you know it's the whole be doctor be lawyer be engineer that's that's just a three trifecta the triune <laughs> of like success the three paths that leads to success only is doctor lawyer and engineer okay which is just ridiculous but That's just in the minds of African parents. That's in the minds of like what I heard Asian parents. I have no experience in that area. But I was just like, oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. But she still loves missions. And she actually ended up telling me a story. Like she was like, she, you know, she told somebody there, I said, oh, where are you going to college? You know, what do you want to do for uh school? She was like, oh, I'm going to medical school. I want to be a doctor. I want to be in the medical field. And the person that she was talking to, great people, love them. Just, you know, maybe like just just the uh uh mistake on their part, I would say, looked at her. And they were like, they were shocked that she wasn't going to ministry. They kind of little, I'm just how she described it, maybe disappointed that she wasn't going to pursue ministry. And it made me think of the people, which is so backwards, because when you feel called to ministry, you get the response of people that are disappointed that you're going into ministry and not something like doctor, lawyer, engineer, like they're like, oh, okay. I hope that works out for you. Like, like, or something like, like people treat it as if you told them like, I don't know, like, the worst news ever. What's... I don't... I don't even know. Like, it's just... They, they treat you like you're just, like, one of those people that, like, I, I have a desire to pursue a degree in, in art. And it's just like, oh, wow. You're debt for... You're just... You want debt. You you desire problems. You desire problematic life. That's how people treat it. It's really... And nowadays... Okay, like... I feel like if you feel called to be to be an artist... Back then, kudos to you if you went through with it. Now it's way easier because of just how society is right now, and just how everything is working for. I don't know if my necklace can, you can hear it on the microphone. It's messing with the microphone, maybe. Just the way society is now, like it's working for you. Okay, like I I can draw, and I'm autistic. Artistic. Let me clear. Let me clearly say that out. Um. But it's just one of my talents. It's not at all my passion. But I, God has used that to launch me into my calling, which is another story for another day. But I'm saying, like, you know, it's basically that treatment. But, any, but anyways, like, and I've seen, like, some people, they think, like, you know, oh, like, it's like, I didn't know people like that got that treatment. You know, I'm so used to hearing people, like, being disappointed at you or, like, being sad for you or pitying the people that feel, that, that feel called to ministry. You know, I'm, I've never Ever heard? Oh, you're not going into for ministry, you're being a doctor. Oh, wow, Hmm, that's interesting. That's asinine to me. But seeing, and I, you know, like I said, no, you don't remember because I took that episode down. But I, I grew up in the public school system. I have lots of friends that are not at all religious. I have friends that are from a different religion, devoted to their own religion, and I have a bunch of Holy Spirit, powerful. Holy Ghost friends and then I have Baptist friends. And then I have like I don't think I have any Catholic Yeah, I have one Catholic friend and it's you know, I have friends with different people. Do you know what I mean? But I know so I know I've seen people feel called to do many different things. I'm around people that are called to be this and they wanna be an astronaut or they're going into this field, they're going into that field. I'm around people that are not in the ministry, I'm around people that are in the ministry. So to me, I've never even regarded that somebody could even use that as like a thing against them or like see that as an issue. But there's but I've seen in those people that maybe are in the secular track of the world where you're working in a secular. This is and by secular. I'm, I'm just that's just what society would title it. But I'm saying like if you feel called to different if you feel called to anything outside of ministry, I, this is for you. It's an encouragement, but it's also a check for you. Because a lot of people that I've seen pursue whatever that they feel called to. And what let me clarify feel called to. What does that mean? What I would call qualify as your calling is something God reveals that you were put on this earth to do. If you have a hard time understanding either the voice of God in that direction, if you have a hard time even understanding what your calling is, but you know for a fact that it's not ministry, or maybe you do know it's ministry, you have an inkling it's ministry. Like for me personally, I wasn't looking anywhere near the ministry. To me, I thought the ministry was just boring, old, fat men that just said a lot of words and somehow just the crowd was supposed to not fall asleep. Unfortunately, that's how the ministry was portrayed to me. And unfortunately, that's how a lot of people preached. A lot of people preached. Not to say that I haven't seen Holy Ghost meetings or I haven't been to black churches where everybody's screaming and shouting, which isn't problematic, but go to a New Year's service, it is problematic when you got to stay up as a child all the way to midnight and at 11.59, your eyes just shut and immediately, immediately, everyone starts screaming. It's just one of those things you just have to go through. The girls that get it, get it, and the girls that don't, don't, Okay. But what I'm saying is how I got the call of ministry, how I how I understood that it was my call, because I wasn't even interested in it at all, like as a young child. But yet my mother, it's always the moms. My mother was like, you're going to you are going to be a, you're going to be in the ministry. You're good. She actually said, you're going to be a boss. You're going to be a preacher. Pasta. You'll be a pasta. I don't want to be a pasta. OK, and I remember uh, being in middle school at a church camp. Again, ministry, nowhere on my mind at all. My focus, my main goal at that church camp was to fall in love with Jesus because apparently everybody else is passionate about Jesus at my age. And did I miss the bus? Like, what happened here? So I felt a little behind, what the hay? Because I watched my Saturday morning Christian cartoons. Like, listen, I I read as much Bible as I could. I, I, I try to pray every night, you know, How did, how did, how did, how do we actually, you're saying you fall in love with Jesus. How? How? How do you read about somebody and then fall in love with them? In my mind, that's what I'm thinking. So I'm over here with one mission. You know, I'm like, I'm seeing people cry during worship. What? I'm seeing people get baptized in the Holy Ghost. What? And it's not like I haven't seen that, but it's people my age. I thought that was like an old people thing. Like you just get when you're an adult. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing people Like wrecked by the Lord, passionate about the Lord, on fire for God, because that was like the big term back then, and I love that term. Set a fire down in my, you know, that song was literally everywhere to the point that I know it in Spanish, in Spanglish. I should clarify. Set a fire in my corazón, fuego. That's that's all I know, but I've heard the whole song in Spanish. Why? I don't know. Like, I, I I don't know why that song was even played in Spanish. I don't really. No, 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 no. Someone explain to me, like actually, like what, what, what happened there? Um, but I'm around this, and I'm in church camp, and there's speakers, morning speakers, night speakers, afternoon speakers. The whole shebang. You already know what it is, but it's like a bougie church camp because so we're in a beach resort, just the way I like it. And the person speaking on the stage, I'm not sure if it's a man or woman. It didn't even. I think it was David Hall. I could be wrong. But he had an altar call, which, by the way, if you're going to do, let's go back to altar calls where it requires people to come to the front. Like, let's go back to like altar calls. That's like confess before man. You know, if you confess me before man, then like Jesus said, I and my father will confess you and confess you in heaven. Okay, like, let's go back to that and not the whole like you can stay where you are. It's okay. Like, there's no boldness required of that. I haven't seen any boldness. I think the biggest battles I've won is 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 gathering the cojones to get out of my seat and confess before my brethren, my brethren. And go to the front and receive from God with faith. That's an action that. Is unlike anything else. Unlike any feeling else, the way your heart beats is unlike. And so, you know, some people, you know, for me, it's just been like, like a big deal because I know it's a big deal. It's a big deal. But some people now, like, you just go do so much, just like, oh yeah, whatever. Like, I admire people that just like immediately shoot up and run to the altar. Like, I used to have to do a lot of mind, like mind, like a out. Like, this is good. Like, people here aren't judging you. Like, the whole youth group stuff you know, that people deal with. And it's good. It's good to have to deal with that. And like, don't shy away just because it's just because it's a little bit of a tussle, you know, a little bit of a battle pastors, youth pastors, leaders, don't shy away from that. Don't, don't shy away from that. Okay. Okay. So somebody was preaching and they are vividly, I don't remember the phrase, but I remember what they said. If you feel a call like you're called to the ministry, Verbatim, I remember that. Raise your hand. Nowhere in my bot on my body was I even desiring. Nowhere in my feelings or like nothing about me was desiring to raise my hand. Nor did I care. But my spirit said otherwise. And I and it was weird because I was like, I was just prepared to just like sit there like everybody else. Like everybody else that didn't raise their hand. And a bunch of people did. And um, which is awesome, which is beautiful and amazing. But something in me was like, raise your hand. Like I was supposed to raise my hand and get up to the altar and get prayed for or prayed over, blessed. And I didn't raise my hand because I was confused as frick. I was like, what's, what's this now? Are you telling me? <laughs> I'm meant to, 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 to be a over, overweight man, get on stage, ball-headed, overweight man, get on stage and just say absolutely rubbish, like nothing, not rubbish, I won't say that, just boring things. Background, I used to attend a Baptist church on the side when I attended the church, I currently only attend now, praise the Lord, um, and very boring, very, very boring, like zero out of five stars, like negative if I could, negative. Um... So I was confused. I was like, no, 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 no. But I, I couldn't, <laughs> like, I didn't get up there. I think I whispered the prayer, like the amen part, like, amen, just to, just to make sure I was good. But I vividly remember being like, why do I feel that call? Why? Like, why do I feel that call? And, you know, as the years progressed, I leaned into that. I didn't run away from it. I just kept it in my mind. And you know, when you fall in love with Jesus, your call gets illuminated. It becomes something that you are, something that you just do, something that you can't live without doing, something that when the opportunity presents itself to do, you it's like not even a job to you it becomes your passion it becomes your heart it becomes who you are you know what I mean what's something that you could do that doesn't feel like work something that genuinely brings a smile to your face what's something that you could talk about for hours no pun like no pun intended but something that you could talk about for hours with somebody if you had the chance to something that like if you didn't do if this wasn't in your life there would be no point of living like you would actually question your reason for continuing and going on that's what i found to be what your calling is in a very normal secular like non-religious definition that's your calling and in that it's something that god has purposed you to be on this earth not everybody is going to be called into the ministry but here's the point i want to get at eventually. But every believer is called to minister unto God and to the people of this world. Not everybody is called to I'll just jump in there. I'll just forget the rest. You know what I'm saying? Like what you're called to do, do that in excellence and pursue that. But the point that I'm here on this podcast today, not yes, not everybody is called into the work of the ministry. Like you are called into either all or some or one of the seven folds of ministry, right? And we know, if you don't know what the sevenfolds of ministry is, it's the apostle, the preacher, the teacher, the evangelist, the prophet, the Lord Jesus. What's number six and seven? You know, you know, I did the teacher. The, <laughs> y'all, I be knowing this. I just be forgetting. Apparently my body gets nervous. It's not five. It's not sevenfold ministry. It's a fivefold ministry. Not me say. not me getting on microphone and boldly with my chest declaring it's sevenfold ministry. Good night. It's a fivefold ministry. Okay. Apostle, evangelist, prophet, pastor, teacher. So I said it. I don't know how I got to number six. Those are the fivefold ministries. And let me tell you, that's, that's, that's the, that's the, you know, that's the fivefold ministries. That's like, if you, I feel called to ministries. That's, those are the folds that you're going to be operating in. If not one, if not all, then some. Do you understand? But as a believer, this is the point I want to make. This is the point I want to make. Because people genuinely feel like, oh, well, I feel called to be like an entrepreneur. Like, I feel called to do hair. I feel called to to draw and be an artist and be a creative a creative right i feel called to like just i don't know like be a trucker i feel called to whatever that it is like i don't i don't feel like the gift of prophecy is for me like i don't feel like i need to lean into gift of knowledge or like word of knowledge or um or um like deep like all the deep matters of the word of God like being like a whole theologian I don't feel like I need to even know all of that like all I need to know is just Jesus loves me and he forgives and I'm going to heaven and I just need to be faithful and know that God loves me he's not here to condemn me like there's no condemnation in him for the believers like that uh, and genuinely that's literally how people believe like their Christianity is very how do you say baby like Because they feel that there's nothing in there, because they're not called to ministry, there's nothing provoking them to go deeper with the Lord. And I dare to question and ask you, is God not enough for for you to desire to go deeper in Him? Because the ministers of the gospel focus their lives on God. And the reason why you see a lot of people go so deep and be so deep is because their eyes are completely focused and shifted towards God. Was it not David that the Bible says that this man, this is the guy who is after God's own heart? He wasn't in the ministry like that. I and mean, he, he often he ministered like he's sang songs or Psalms. And oftentimes in the book of Psalms, which is songs, like in the book of Psalms, you'll see David's Psalm. You'll see there's different Psalms by different priests and and you'll see this person's Psalm. It's not just David. It's other people as well. And he, 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 you know, he did what he could. But let me tell you, his job, his main title was a king. He wasn't here to be a prophet. He wasn't here to be uh, a pastor. He wasn't here to be an evangelist. But did David prophesy? Yes, he prophesied about the Messiah. Did David bless the Lord? Was David worshiping? Like a lot of, there's worship pastors. You know, that's a Christian term, but that's a real thing. Was David not here teaching, meditating? preaching even like like talking exhorting was he not doing that that wasn't because that's not out of being called to the fivefold ministry that's actually being someone that's shift that's that's that, that's what happens when you literally focus on god when your gaze is on god that's the fruit of it it's natural that's the na- supernatural but you know what i mean that's just what flows that's the results. Of turning your gaze towards the Lord. What it did one of the most popular verses that David says? Oh, oh that I, oh ye who dwell. No, 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 that's not. Oh that I would dwell, gaze upon your beauty, dwell in the house of the Lord, all the days of my life. Am I quoting it without even knowing that I'm quoting it? One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his holy temple. If I could sum up Christianity, I'm telling you, it'd be in that one verse. If I could sum up the faithful life of a believer, it'd be in one, at least one of the, the main verse, that would be included in it. David wasn't, there's no, he wasn't even anointed to be specifically, like verbatim, Lee, if I can say that, he wasn't anointed to be in a fivefold ministry. He wasn't anointed to be with Samuel and his school of prophets, okay? Ministry school has always been a thing. He wasn't anointed to do that. He was anointed to be king, to be king, to be king. And he's been watching the sheep, which you can take as a metaphor. For Israel, aka God's people. And even when he went to depart to his transition into his next position, which was gonna lead to him killing Goliath, what did he do with the sheep? He made sure the sheep were in care. He made sure someone was watching the sheep while he was absent. So his calling, do you see what I'm saying? Was surrounded over protecting the people of God, leading the people of God. You saw it when he was a shepherd. You saw it when he fought Goliath and killed him. You saw it when he was a man of war, and you saw it as him as a king, his calling. How much percent of a Christian are you? Because I already clarified what a Christian is. And I already clarified that it's not dependent on your calling at all. It is really solely depending on whether or not you are gazing on the Lord or you're not. There is no and I really shouldn't technically there's no such thing as a percent of a Christian, but you know what I'm trying to What I'm trying to say so some people will be like, you know I'm a little Christian, but I mostly could like don't forget that or like, you know, I'm a doctor I'm a Christian everything but like, you know, I don't really know I, I hear a lot of people say, you know Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I do this. I'm in real estate, but you know, I don't really Um, all oh, that Bible stuff. You know, my pastor is really good at that or like they'll go to life groups and you know, they'll read devotionals and and, and like amen to literally anything that exit out of somebody's mouth. But when do they actually take the time to not only read over the word of God, but meditate and study, go into concordance, look at, look up, you know, really seek out a story, help me understand the story. Okay, what does this mean? When in, in Genesis, when it said that uh you know so on and so forth did this like why is that so significant like what like why was this thing like and then they'll discover different things okay God what is this actually saying or let me there's this biblical principle but I'm not really understanding and then they'll allow the Lord to reveal and teach him because the Bible does say that the Holy Spirit is the greatest teacher and studying gazing upon the Lord being in the secret place handing all matters that concerns their heart over to God in prayer, praising God, entering his qu- gates with thanksgiving and entering his courts with praise continually coming into the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let's go into the, you know, the house of the Lord. I really wish that I uh, said that uh, like more baller, but I kind of forgot the uh, latter part of the verse, how it kind of went. But, you know, I was glad. That's what David said. Not as a pastor, that's just him as a king, as a believer, as a child of God, as God's people, as God's person. No, there is no, you get what I'm saying? There's no reason why you should allow the pastor to outpray you. And I mean that in a very, it's, it's not actually that hard to understand, but you understand what I'm saying, I hope. You know, there's some people are very content with somebody else accessing things, which is just boggles my mind. I don't know if this is like a personality thing, but I'd, I've never liked how I've never liked. And I don't even consider myself competitive, but I don't understand how I, anyone could be OK with living a less than quality or having less than somebody else in an area that you could have the exact same thing in. I don't understand. I've ever since I was a young kid, I've gotten awards after awards after awards after awards, almost every academic award in school to the point where I literally, while it was like award ceremony, I would cross my fingers. And of course it's just paper and just metal stuff. It means nothing, but it has a purpose. And I would cross my fingers, you know, before I realized like crossing, it's already decided. You don't have to, Cross your fingers, Carrizo. Like, just receive it, right? (laughs) Okay, that's a word. Hello. You know, I, I would win all of these. At art class, the reason why I even became artistic, artistic, and I was hailed as she can draw. Yeah, I was my art teacher's, I was every art teacher's favorite student. You wanna know why? It's because somebody else was drawing and they're drawing really good and I wanted to draw as well, too. And so I did, and then I, Exceeded their ability and talent at that time. I was, you know, and again, I know I said I wasn't, it sounds very competitive. And maybe it is. (laughs) I don't know. But it wasn't like that, like that. You know, I was still, (laughs) I guess, humble enough to recognize that other people are talented as well. It wasn't the fact that I wanted to win, it was the fact that I wanted that as well. I didn't want to be left out. So when it came to the spiritual matters of God, I coveted, you know, I, co- I coveted what people had. Like, it's like, and I, I know, I, I'm phrasing this, but that's like the perfect, I'm, I know I'm phrasing this like in a concerning way, like, you're not supposed to covet, but that's the best word I can think about right now, think of right now, to describe how badly I desire the things of God. If someone else is speaking in tongues and they're younger than me, oh, honey, that, and that happened, you know, that, that set me the freak off. I was like, heck to the no. How are you guys getting something like I'm am I not a good like am I not a good candidate and it wasn't out of insecurity it was just like why is this why is this not apparent in my life why huh huh you tell me why because I'm gonna get it and I got it you tell me why this person can hear from God la 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 like that like back to back to back I don't understand what that means what do you mean God spoke to you and what do you mean that you can verbatim you got what do you mean You heard it as clear as day. What does that mean? What are you saying? No, no, no. I'm going to seek. No, no, no. I need to understand what you're saying. I'm going to ask every single church leader possible that I can. And I'm going to figure this out. I want to receive whatever you're saying. You say that you can experience it. I'm getting it. That's how I am. That's how to the things that matter. Now, for the natural things, I don't really care. I'm way more relaxed. I'm, it's, it's like easier for me to clap for other people. But of the things of God, babes, what are you saying that, that this person can, is fasting this long and, and, and God did this? Whoa whoa, 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 no, 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 help me understand. What do you mean financial things? And, and you're saying that the windows of heaven are, heaven are open and, and you... Are, you can access everything there's nothing that's been limited what, what no no I'm accessing that what are you like that's how I am because it, it, it's because it's like I have been giving everything there is nothing that is closed from me unless I have sin in me unless like literally that's the only thing I believe that can close you that can stop things up for you well you have sin uh, this is post-production it's not that's not the only thing sin is not the only thing I just want to clarify some things and of course there's some things that I could have I could be doing this like all over the podcast but I do want to clarify if it's not sin that's stopping things it could be like spiritual things like maybe there's a principality or a stronghold that is actively working its its way against you to hinder and hold back and like fight off anything that is yours to receive and the best story that i can refer you to is the story of daniel when he dealt with that but after while he continued to pray and press in in 21 day prayer the angel came and he said listen listen the day you prayed for this thing that you were seeking you had the answer was on its way the answer was there given but for 20 days this is the angel speaking. I was held up by the prince, the powers of the, of the air in this region. And, and your continued prayer allowed another angel to come through and fight off that one so I can give you the answer. So that's just some extra insight because, you know, this is actually something I care to correct. The other things, it's like, eh, you know, you just give me grace. But for this one, I want to clarify. This isn't happening because you still have unforgiveness in your heart. You need to deal with that. Because God can't forgive you unless you forget first. Because he forgave you. He forgives all your sins. And you're going to hold out forgiveness for somebody else? No. You need to deal with this. And that's going to be the answer to why. It's for things to come back to normal. For things to come back to prosperity. You see that all the time. You see that everywhere in the Bible. God, something didn't work out what happened. David, it's because you handled the ark wrong. You didn't do it the right way. That's why this isn't working out. God, we didn't get this victory. What happened? It's because you didn't, I told you to do this and you didn't do it. Go back and check. Go back and fix what I told you to do. Go back and handle that stuff. That's the only thing. And when you fix it, things will be well with you. Do you understand what I'm saying? For me and the Lord, it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not seeing this happening in my life. What do I have to do? I'm going to make sure that I'm right before you. If it's a sin matter, uh, we can handle that in two seconds. Yeah, I'm going to ask her for forgiveness. But there's nothing, what do you, but there's no, like, merit to, like, well, you have to save, like, I don't even know if merit's the right word, or, like, you have to save, like, 30 souls before you can get Holy Spirit premium. <laughs> no, you get Holy Spirit, period. You get the Spirit of God living in you, period. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when I'm seeing people access deeper things in the, in the Lord, I'm, like, it it encourages me because I'm like, I'm getting that. Now, I want to clarify that I'm not talking about specific encounters like the gold dust encounter where it's like, oh God, where it becomes to the point where you start chasing after like, just things, you know, just, just feelings and not him not that and and not to confuse myself with the whole crowd you know that sings like i'm not here for blessing i just want you that's not a very smart song if you're listening and you wrote that song i'm saying that with love like genuine i'm not even trying to be funny that's not a very smart song why would you it's like coming to your birthday party and be like your own birthday party and be like listen i'm not (laughs) listen i forget the cake you just like come there with a bat I don't want your cake. I don't want your presents. It's like a 50,000 Cartier watch. I don't even know what Cartier goes for. I don't want that stuff. I, I just want you. And it's just like, yeah, but I get that. We know that you're here to be with us and spend your good moments with us. But we love you so much that we got you these gifts and we want you to enjoy it. It's like, nobody even goes to God without gifts. Even, the, even Jesus, when he was born, they didn't come to him and was like, forget the frankincense and myrrh. We just want you, Jesus. Like, he's a baby. Like, what is he going to do for you right now? Like, hello, bring your gifts. It's just nicer like that. It's just, what are you doing? I just want you. It's Okay, well, I want to give you a gift. So, now I feel kind of hurt. Yeah, you know, I don't do that to God. <laughs> he gives me blessings and there's reward. I don't go to him and be like, "Oh, that but what I'm not going to do is be like, "Jesus, I heard that you're bringing this thing." Ooh. Yeah, I want the gold dust. Yeah, give me a gold dust. Like what is a gold dust encounter going to do for me? And I'm not talking about things. Now there's a difference between like a holy ghost encounter and like 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 I don't know, like people people want to customize their encounters. Like it's one thing if I'm like God, I want the whole, I want, I just want to, I want to encounter your Holy Spirit, whatever it looks like, whatever you want. Cause you can't, you can't like put God on a, like a, like this is like, you can't put him on an itinerary where it's like, you're going to do this just like this. And you're going to do that just like that. You people try and they say it, but nothing happens. So (laughs) who do you think you're talking to But if you say, father, I just really want to encounter the Holy ghost. You say that, you know, there's joy, rivers, living water, joy. Like a wellspring of joy. You know, I want that. What is that? There's specific things that the Bible lists that we can have that you can ask for. I don't But the things, the extra stuff that is just a sign and a wonder. I wouldn't I wouldn't specifically desire that because when you get that, okay, what are you gonna do? Okay, you got gold on your fingers. What what then what's what's next? Because if you're just gonna go back to usual, then I don't really understand the importance. Okay, that's like going to God and be like, God, when I get up to the altar, I just wanna fall down what like those people do. And the, the Kavod, it's the glory, it's the heavy. That happens, trust me, that, that'll, hey, hey, hey. the Kavad, the kvod, I should say, doesn't need your help. It's heavy. And when you've been in the heavy of the Lord, that's the best way I can describe it. When you, it's like, there's no getting up. You're, you're down here. But every time I've been in the heavy, which is per, personally in my life, I've only experienced it specifically one time. I wasn't even looking for it. I was just watching a Rodney Howard Brown, like, old, like, meetings. like the 90s because i saw like a a, like it was like the bishop of my church was at that meeting it was just watching it for funsies you know the listen the glory of the lord came so hard in that room i i was like glued to my pillow but it wasn't in like i wasn't tired I, i couldn't listen i was messed up messed up okay but i didn't go in i was like this is what my encounter with god is gonna look like today and you know that actually occurred when i heard on video in, from the 90s Dr. Rodney Howard Brown saying, don't look at me, look at God. Cuz people, you know, when signs and wonders are happening, it's easy to get like become like a rubberneck and just that's what I do. It's it's fun. I enjoy it. Like I love seeing God move in other people. But God has that for you as well. Why wouldn't he? you know? So just receive. Don't don't wait for the pastor to come to you and like point pick you up and pull you out. Just receive. It's not it's literally from God. It's not from the man of God. Thank God for the man of God. It required him to be there. Okay, because I don't know what people just like, eh. I appreciate people that walk and flow in and went so deep in the Lord that that's just what flows out of them when they minister. That's required. They are necessary. But the source, you it's traced back to God. So just receive. I don't know why people... So that's what I'm just saying. That's what I just... It's, it's a long segue, but it's worth it for people to just really understand what I'm talking about and what I mean. You know? Or it's like, I'm not out here like oh, I specifically want a gold dust. And I, what is a gold dust experience going to do for me? Other than, you know, me going like, oh my gosh, that looks like dust. That's dust. Wow. Like my mouth falls open and I'm sure I'm, I'm not saying it's real or fake. I don't know. I haven't been in a gold dust ceremony, like encounter service. I don't know. I don't know. But There's a difference between believing and receiving, asking God for, or receiving healing, I should say, because it's already been done. And asking and receiving, like, I don't know, like a gold. I I just don't get that. I don't get that. But what I'm talking about is the matters of the word that God has made available for his children. I am made to receive it. I am was purposed to have it from the minute that I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and believed, believed in my heart that Jesus is Lord, that he was raised from the dead. It was, it was, it was mine to receive. It was mine to receive. And whatever I don't see happening in my life that I know is just yes and amen. It's just a yes and amen away from the promises that are made again promises that god opened his mouth and said and said that this is for you this is for you this is for you this is yours this is yours you can have this i've made it possible for you to get that yeah that's mine it belongs to me it's you know i treat it like this this is the way i treat it a better way to explain it if your billionaire trillionaire father went on you know in glory and he said hey listen out of all the trillions that I owned, I gave you 99% of that trillion. It's yours. And, and you're in the, you know, you're, you're lawyer, the lawyer's there reading the will, and he says, listen, it's yours, but we're just, we just don't feel like giving it to you. Listen, you would move heaven and hell to make sure you get 99.9, 99.0000, the full trillion, probably even a hundred. Listen, You would move heaven and hell to make sure you got that. Why? It belongs to you. What do you mean? What do you mean you're not going to give it to me? What grounds do you have to tell me that this doesn't belong to me? That's my father. He gave that for me. He died and that was made available for me to receive. It's mine. And I, it's mine because I'm his child. So what are you, who are you to tell me that I can't, I can't receive that? And that's. message that I want to convey today. Because there's a lot of people who literally hold themselves back from going any further with the Lord because, well, I'm not called to ministry, so I don't feel the need to pursue that stuff. Then that's your relationship with the Lord. What exactly what I talked about in the episode with India and Charity. You're coasting, you're no there's no moving forward, there's no increase, there's no incline. You're And listen, let me tell you, there is no such thing as coasting. It's either you're moving forward or you're moving backward. In the kingdom of God, you're either moving forward or you're moving backward. That's it. There's no middle kingdom, no middle earth, no, none of that stuff. In fact, in Revelations, which really, really captures what I'm saying in Revelations 3, verse 15 to 16, God himself says i know your works that you are neither hot or cold i could wish you were cold or hot so then because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot i would vomit you out of my mouth god respects somebody that has either made up their mind to be totally for him or totally against him than someone that has that's it's just impartial And what do I mean when I'm relating that to spirituality and and your religious and not religious, but your spiritual maturity in the Lord? You're either gonna be on fire for Him, or you're either not gonna burn for Him at all. But there's no way on earth that you like you you're in safe. You can safely live in a position in life where it's just like, you know, I'm just we're just good. You know, I won't say that I'm on fire, but you know, I, I you know, yeah, I love the Lord. Yeah, you know, that's lukewarm. God has more respect for people who who. Adamantly go against him. Adamantly (laughs) deny him. At least they've made up their mind. But you have not made up your mind at all. You are comfortable living a complacent life. Complicit and complacent. Comfy Christianity, which will get you nowhere at all. Because the Bible says in Revelation, I'll spit you out of my mouth. Some translation says, vomit you out of my mouth. Do you know the force that your body has to take to regurgitate I don't, you know, I don't. I'm not a throw up person. I don't do that, like literally, I don't. So it's like I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Okay, 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 okay. But have you ever smelled something so nasty that you have gagged, and just the lurching that your inner body just does to just empty out its content? That's how it makes God feel. People that are lukewarm. Living a life with no conviction, no drive, no provoke, like nothing is provoking you to go deeper. Which is why I said in the beginning is God not enough to provoke you deeper? To provoke you to go deeper? Is the knowledge of God not enough? The depth, the endless, 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 endless depth of God that goes on for eternity and eternity and eternity and eternity and eternity and eternity. And eternity, and eternity times eternity is that not enough to provoke you to go deeper and desire more if you can honestly answer that question with either a yes or no then you know where you are you know where you are and it's not going to be hard to understand where you are it's not going to be hard to understand where you are because pastors are not living a lifestyle outside of the bible and by that i mean they're not living in a standard of life that the Bible that's just not in the Bible they're reading the same Bible that you're reading they're reading the same Bible that every believer is reading the same promise that every believer has received we've received the same Christ we've been baptized of the same like by the same Jesus same blood same Holy Spirit why is this person living in a higher standard of life than you are you have to ask yourself that and what's holding me back from getting deeper this isn't a game of competition. Again, like I'm saying, this isn't. A, but it's the fact that I don't want to not have something that's mine to access. It's not a competition game because if it is a competition game, the easiest way to win this thing is just by the gift of impartation. You just okay. Well, that person did all the hard work. Just imparted to me what you learned, and then I'm good. No, and the gift of impartation is there. But it's not for the purpose so you can just win a competition. It's for the purpose of receiving the depths. The point is like this point. Like uh, I can't help but going back to that last episode where charity's saying like you know if you. It, what, is, what did this daggone girl say about like oh if you're not the point of a Christianity is to like uh, something Jesus or something. I, I actually would have. Wow would have been a really great point if I remembered. So sad. But it's it's to hunger, it's to dwell, it's to gaze upon Him, it's to desire, it's to know, to seek to know Him. You know, like Carrie Job, the more I seek You, the more I, I find You. The more I find You, the more I love You. That whole song, you know. She's a soprano. I'm not. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> that's that's the point of Christianity. That's it's it's when you get to heaven. I mean what are the people doing in heaven right now? Focused on the Lord, gazing upon the beauty of God. Which when you are just in just raptured it, you get captured. You can't even take your eyes off. Stuck in a loop. And I've heard somebody phrase it like this is like they're saying holy 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 but it's like the n- holy is when they the next holy is because they've seen They just got a greater revelation and they see more to God that that was they just can't say help but saying holy and by the next holy they just saw more and they're saying it's like it's like a loop that nobody set on them but that's just what happens when you look upon the face of God when you gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. That's Christianity. Hallelujah. That's Christianity. You are focused on God desiring more of God. I don't want anything to keep me away from you. I don't want anything. Like, I'm here, like, this is it. God forbid it be me to keep me away from you, God. The enemy couldn't do it. Jesus came and defeated Satan. Satan couldn't do it. It shouldn't be me. It shouldn't be you keeping you away from God, keeping you from going deeper in the Lord. It shouldn't be you. It shouldn't be that foul doctrine. That tells you, well, the pastors are the pastors and, and they're the ones that's meant to go deep in the Lord. They're the ones that are supposed to be prayerful people. They're the ones that are supposed to fast. They're the ones that are supposed to do this and read the Bible so much. That's, that's the voice of the enemy. That's not at all anywhere in this Bible. Because every commandment has been made for a child of God to y- y- heed to and prosper when, when you obey. I know that's not like a super like, uh, like maybe not an encouraging word, but it's a good word. It's a good word because you're a prayer and a repentant heart away from being in the right with God. Like I said before, if it's like, if it's a sin problem, baby, we can fix that in two seconds. So if that's you, then I want you to pray this prayer with me because we're, we're going to fix that in two seconds. Say this with me, Father God, I repent. I repent for living a complacent life coasting, where I thought that I could just make it by just being fine with just eating enough, hearing enough, just receiving enough, listening to worship music enough, and that would mark me as a believer. But I see now the sign of a real believer is one that goes out and does your, what you did, Jesus, one that goes out and does what the Bible says to do, one that goes out and sees the promises sees this happening in their life that the bible lists is available to me father let it be, be let it not be me that holds myself back from receiving anything that you have for me and you have given all for me and by faith i receive all for me give me a heart that yearns to read your word give me a heart that desires to gaze upon your face and give me the heart just like David that makes me pursue you and be after your heart. In the name of Jesus, amen. And say that with faith and do what the Bible says to do. The Bible actually says, there's this ver- verse that I actually just like came across and I was searching just like verses that I could use in the podcast. About talking about the commandments of God. It brings light to the eyes. I'm Googling this right now. I, I read it. I was like, that's nice. Yeah, it says the precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. Mm, the fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The or- ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. Psalm 19:18. Let me look up who actually wrote Psalm, the 19th Psalm. David. Oh, big surprise. Cool. David is the author of the 19th Psalm. Big surprise. So anyways, that's really what I wanted to like say today. Because there is more for you. John fourteen fifteen. if you love me, keep my commands. You know? And this is, I'll leave you one last encouraging verse. Uh, John, 1 John three twenty four says, The one who keeps God's commands lives in him, and, he, and guess what? And he, God, lives in you. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the Spirit he gave us. And he gave you his Spirit. You have the Spirit of God. There's nothing in you now as a believer that you should be lacking in. It has all been given to you. And it takes faith to live like that. But by faith, receive. And with faith, you will be able to witness things that your faith received first. Do you agree? Amen, you do. Oh, I'm so glad for you. Yes. Ah, I should have said this. I'm looking over my notes. You're being given to Christ as a biblical command and not a responsibility of your career. You could be anointed greatly and be a doctor, teacher, lawyer and not be called into ministry. Why? Because it's your right as a basic believer. Wow. I should have said that. I should have looked at my notes this whole time. The devoted life of a Christian is not reserved for ministers of the gospel. It's reserved for the believer. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, I'm so glad for you guys. Um, take that. Be built by that. Be strong. You know, anything that builds you up, it's, it's not going to be comfortable. You know, when you want to get muscles and get big or whatever, it takes some work. It takes some, like, uh, like weight. It's not going to be the best feeling. But when you see the results, you're going to want to do it some more. And that's, that's what the Christian life is. You know, you're, like, building muscle. You know it's gonna. There's gonna be a little like, uh, like uh, oh, this is. I'm resisting my old ways of being comfortable, and now I'm putting some work in. I'm grinding, if you will. Okay, okay. Like I was doing arm workouts today for like 10 minutes, <laughs> really two minutes. But i um, maybe in like doggy ears. It was like 10 minutes, and I was like, oh my gosh. And listen, a little goes a long way in my life physically. Hey, okay, uh-huh. and same thing spiritually. But you obviously it won't the little that you start off doing is not going to be the thing that launches you into the greatest thing as you progress you take on more and you go deeper and your convictions grow your dumbbells grow they get bigger and bigger okay but not if you're in pilates um because that's not the goal the goal is to get lean so but as a believer it is to grow to ink from increase to increase how do you, you start on increase that's the thing that blows my mind like you start on increase and then you increase like that's like you know when donald trump was like my father gave me a small loan of a million dollars like as a believer that's where you are you start with a small it's not even small like you don't even start it with a small loan you just start off with like everything <laughs> you know what I mean? everything and then from everything You just go to more everything because this is like the heavenly metric system. So, you know, not the American one or like the one that the world functions on. I don't know. That's really cool. Wow. I love that. I love the kingdom of God. It's so cool. So, and on top of that, like you have a helper, which is wild. Like Christianity is not at all like doing things in your own effort. You know what I mean? This is like, I feel like this is like after show content. This is just me just thinking out loud. Yeah, it's not like this is what my efforts produce. Like this is what I, I put in this amount of work and I yielded this result. It's like I gave to God this part of me and God <laughs> added unto me this. And with what he gave me, I gave him this. And he added unto me this. And with what he gave me, I gave him back this. And it's like, wow, like a pistis agreement. I learned that term in... Uh, ethics class in my Christian school. You give, I give, I give, you give. And and he guess what? The Bible says like he first he was the one that first gave. First of all, he gave us this whole earth. Second, somewhere down the line, okay? He forgot John three sixteen, Tim Tebow's favorite verse. I'm guessing. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and that whosoever shall believeth in him shall be saved i feel like there's more to that verse i feel like i skipped over john three sixteen. my mom look, used to force me to recite that verse in front of like my friends yeah whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life which is also like the point that i wanted to make like in the middle that i just kind of like i was focusing on like getting to the point Or like when people were saying like, um no, I was saying like, just because God will, it doesn't mean it's going to occur. Well, exactly. It's from that. It's inspired kind of from that Bible verse because God, the Bible says that God wills that none should perish, but all should come into everlasting life. But we know people go to hell all the time. How do we know that? The Bible literally talks about a man currently in hell. And it wasn't a parable. (laughs) It was a real life story. This man had a name. He was in hell and he cried out to Abraham. He was like, Abraham, dip your finger in a cup of water and drop it on my tongue. It's hot. And he was just like, oh my gosh. Like, and tell, tell my family, tell my brothers about, about God and to follow him so that they would never have the chance to come to this place, which is hell. So he wanted to become an evangelist in hell. That's how, like, and I think, I think that's kind of, like, just to kind of really, like, bring it home, like, the whole, like, foundation of this whole, that point I made when I was like, um, you know, there, it's, it's God's way or it's, there's just one way, you know, it's God's way or it's Satan, that's, there's no middle kingdom, there's no, like, neutral. There's no, and people who live on neutral are the lukewarm, and we talked about that, which is Revelation 3 covers already. You know, it's it's like, there's no, like, purgatory in the middle. The only purgatory in the Bible that I've seen is, like, Abraham's bosom, but that's already cleared out. So, like, when Jesus, you know, you read your Bibles, it's in there. Jesus went to Abraham's bosom. That's where all the people of God went before Jesus came, and brought them all to heaven, the people, of, I'm sure, that received Jesus, okay, so, you know, because there's only one way to get to heaven, and that's why the Bible says, we know this song as a young child, as a young Christian, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come to the Father except by through me, which is Jesus speaking, saying that it's him, in case you needed help in that area, yeah, so it's like, uh, yeah, there's no... And through Jesus, Jesus did, like, places a very specific standard of living that a believer should live. As a believer, you will do this. And they will know. And you, they will know that you are mine. Because you, you will... What verse is that? Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. But, but before that... and these signs will follow those who believe not those who are in the ministry but those who believe these signs will follow those who believe in my name they will cast out demons they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall see them recover and, 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 and they will speak in new tongues and they will take up serpents and if they drink anything deadly it will by no means hurt them you know that's the standard of living Jesus was very clear and he took the time if it wasn't the message of repentance that he was busy preaching, it was the time to reiterate reiterate, excuse me, and set up a greater standard of living. Like a new standard of living, because he came with a new wine and, and you couldn't it can't function in old wineskin. You had to have new skin. So there is something new. He came to bring something new. <laughs> and that's the messages that Jesus preached everywhere. Which, you know, it kind of irks me personally, like, when people are like, oh, like they only see the wedding of Cana, they only use that scripture as just a pass to drink alcohol or wine or whatever. Like, oh, well, Jesus, it's like, are you daft? And I'm not even trying to be funny, like, are you that dumb to not even see the spiritual meaning and significance of the wedding of Cana? Huh? Like it was about the anointing. It was about the Holy Spirit. God was bringing something fresh and new, but it couldn't happen in old wineskin. You had to have new wineskin to receive the new wine. Something was new. Something new was occurring. Something was shifting and changing here. Do you understand? And wine didn't rep. It, it's, it was real. It was wine in the natural, but the significance of that story was about the spiritual, the wine in the spirit. But anyway, I digress. I don't digress. I upgress. What's the opposite of digress? I'm gonna Google that. I should get sponsored by uh Websters. Anyways, so that's the, really the importance, man. Like that's it. It's God's way or hell. <laughs> As extremely like Southern Baptist that sounds, it's the truth of the Bible. His way or there's no way. There's literally no way to live life but by Jesus. Like he, I don't really like how people are. Like, you know, you can have your own religions and and all these things and your beliefs, and it's like it's not your belief to have. It's God's way or the next way. Now, I'm not gonna get all like crus like crusades with you. And by crusades, I mean like history book crusades where people went about killing everybody that wasn't a Christian or whatever didn't receive. I'm not gonna go all Boko Haram on you, but because it's a choice, okay? I there's mercy on this side. But, you know, but there is no other way. Like, he is the God of the universe. He created all of this. This is his. He is the one true God. And those who receive him be with him. (laughs) They be with him. And those who deny him are separated from God for eternity. Some people, I've heard, like, an evangelist say, like, some people think the worst thing to do is, like, oh, the worst thing about hell is, like, it's like, oh, it's you're separated from God for eternity, but no, because when, and I want to actually say his name, the guy that, about the guy in hell that I was talking about, that was like, dip your finger in a cup of water, It just shows you that cups were a thing back in the Bible days, which is just so awesome. His name is Lazarus, the rich man and Lazarus. No, 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 Lazarus, Lazarus is in heaven. The rich man, it was just called the rich man, okay, but there was, this is a very real story because it wasn't like, there was a guy who, who happened to do, it was like, nah, this guy, this rich guy went to hell, and Lazarus went to heaven, and Lazarus used to be like, eh, go read the story, it's actually in, it's a great read, it's in Luke uh, 16, Luke chapter 16, so great story. But, you know, when he was in hell, he wasn't saying like, oh, man, how's God up there? He was saying like, it's I'm suffering. And the Bible says that there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. I've never been in pain that I've It's one thing if you like grit, like clench your teeth, but gnash your teeth. A fire that eternal hellfire that doesn't burn out worms that eat at your skin. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. My only like my only question is is like why aren't the roaches there? But anyways, apparently they are like natural, but like they actually benefit our ecosystem in some type of way. I don't really uh I'd rather not I don't really understand it. But uh hey, there's a reason why I didn't create this whole thing, okay? So it's like uh whoa Hell is a real thing, and the message of repentance is absolutely a thousand percent a part of the gospel. It's not just Jesus died and took on your sins and it's a powerful story, it is. But the driving force was that no man should perish. Well whew, I felt the Holy Ghost shundai was that no man should perish. But all would have will come, like all would be saved. Saved. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh! Is that serious? That actually reminds me of like when like my church was having like a revival service and stuff, and I was trying to get my friends that I genuinely just really wanted to go to heaven, you know, you know, basic Christian things, to like attend, just attend the revival service and just see the power of God. Like, just come on, just attend. And one of my friends who didn't end up coming, that I just desperately just, he was like, he was like, what do you want to save me from? Like, what are you trying to save me from? So bad, I was just like. Literally hell. Like, literally hell. And I was like, well, God, God can, you know, this this is what God is. He can do this. He's doing this in our church. This is what's happening. I want you to experience that. And we would talk about religious things, actually, Christian things, and then, you know, because people think, you know, Christianity is just religious things, but it, this is, is just the truth. It's just life. There is no, Christianity is not something that you can just throw into the category of religion. Oh, that's just what those people believe. No, this is it. This is how to live life. This is the truth. Crazy, man. Blows my mind. So that's not, that's the after show. After show. After hours talk. I like by it. I like it. Anyways, um, come next time I upload. I gotta do homework. Bye guys. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Oh, let me give you a blessing. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May He cause His face to shine on you. May the Lord be gracious and let the light of His face upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. How did I know that entire verse? Thank you, Kim Walker, for making it into a song. Peace. Bye.